Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 422. Today is August 3rd, 2023. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Well, in today's episode, I just briefly want to touch on what's in the news headlines, which is the downgrading of U.S. debt. And I want to cover this from both a short-term and a long-term perspective in terms of investing and building wealth. I'm going to get right to that, but I also want to mention that at the end of this segment, I'm going to come back with some housekeeping announcements, so you might want to stick around for those. But hey, what's in the big headlines? Finch has downgraded U.S. debt to double A versus triple A. How significant is that? Well, in my opinion, not really much. First of all, double A is still investment grade. Second of all, Nothing happened yesterday that was any different than the day before that Finch announced that or the day before that or, you know, six months before that. I mean, they're just stating the obvious. But having said that, you also have to consider the reality of the situation, which is also equally obvious, and that's that as bad as the U.S. government and the debt situation is, the U.S. dollar remains the tallest midget. It's the best house in a bad neighborhood. So the fact that Finch has dropped an A from the debt rating of the U.S. is really insignificant, but that doesn't stop the media from hyping it up and all the talking heads from trying to get in front of a microphone and in front of a camera to pontificate about their given agenda. This is no different than what we saw a few months back during the supposed banking crisis in March, where it was all blown out of proportion and four months later, no one cares, and the market is significantly higher than it was back in March. This event is no different than all the other hyped-up headlines in the media, and you'll be well-served if you embrace well-steading principle number eight, which is learning how to decrypt propaganda. Now, there is a bigger point in all this, and this is really what I want to emphasize here, and that's that what happened yesterday and what are you pretty much seeing today as well, and that's that especially yesterday, there was a pretty big pullback in the market. And when I say the market, I'm talking across the board. Virtually every asset class was down yesterday. That was the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, the Russell 2000, precious metals, Bitcoin, oil and commodities. Again, pretty much pick any asset class, and they were all down yesterday. And in my opinion, down on fake overhyped news. But Again, let's focus on the fact that when the market went down, everything went down with it. But why is that? And what can you learn from it? Well, I think there's really two things that we can learn. Number one, a market trend is a market trend. And as simple as this is, it took me a long time to figure this out when I started out investing. But in an up market, not only do good stocks go up, but bad stocks go up as well. I mean, the fact that you have a market, either upward trend or downward trend, it's occurring because the majority of stocks are moving in that direction. So a classic definition of a bull market is when at least 70% of stocks are moving up. So that means that not only are good stocks moving up, but so are bad ones. And consequently, in a downward or a bear market, not only do bad stocks go down, but good stocks get carried down with them. And so the takeaway from that is to remember that when you're in a bull market, don't delude yourself into thinking that you're the greatest investor of all times because you simply may be riding an upward trend 
And if your methodologies aren't based on firm fundamentals, then when that trend shifts, your house of cards will come tumbling down. The other takeaway is that if for whatever reason the markets do shift and you go into a bear market or some kind of a downtrend, be prepared for your good quality fundamental stocks to go down in value. That doesn't mean it's the end of the world. It just means that good stocks go down in bad markets. So don't lose your head. Evaluate the situation and determine if you should hold or if you need to sell and get out before things get worse. But most people panic immediately, and that's the worst thing you can do. Don't ever forget that when you're trading stocks, you are your own worst enemy. And the two things that you have to guard against the most are fear and greed. Okay, now let's shift a little bit and look at the other side of the equation and and a primary reason that good stocks go down along with bad stocks in a downward market is kind of a corollary on Grisham's Law. Now Grisham's Law states that bad money forces out good money. And generally that's applied to the debasement of a currency. You know, let's say you have a silver coin in circulation and the government starts to devalue the value of that coin either by taking out some of the silver content or, you know, by totally creating a token out of a base metal that has no precious metal value at all. And what happens in a monetary system like that is that eventually all those original high quality silver coins get pulled out of circulation because people hold on to those and they just spend and just use the debased coins for currency. So the way that that carries over to the stock market and the performance of good stocks being forced out with the bad stocks in a downturn is that in our modern day financial system, everything is based on debt. And again, this is why I don't lose a whole lot of sleep in worrying about the debt of the U.S. government because that's the way the modern world works, whether I like it or not. And so in this debt-ridden economic system that we live in, whenever there's a downturn in the economy or in the stock market, there are a lot of market participants that have used debt, meaning leverage, to buy assets with. Okay, so that means that they didn't take their worthless Federal Reserve notes and buy gold or silver or shares of Apple stock with it. What they did was they borrowed money on credit and used that money to invest in precious metals or Bitcoin or NVIDIA stock. And so because there's so much debt in the system, whenever the air starts to come out of the bubble and the worthless overhyped meme stocks start to fall apart, well, the people that invested in them have to turn around and sell their high-quality good assets to cover their margin call for the collapse in price of the bad stuff. And so as the less valuable and more worthless stocks or asset classes move downward, the good quality things have to be sold to compensate. And then it becomes a downward spiral because now the good quality things have moved down. And likewise, all the people that bought that with debt, well, they have to sell more of their assets to cover that margin call. And that's generally how you get a rapidly deteriorating market, or in some cases, even a flash crash. And specifically, look at the performance of the market yesterday. One of the worst performing asset classes was silver. It was down, I think, right around or maybe even more than 2%. Now, intuitively, you should think that if the value of the U.S. currency is in question, 
then something like silver should actually be going up because it is a hard currency. But that wasn't the case. And again, in fact, it was all the precious metals. Gold was down as well. Bitcoin was down. Everything was down. It's a classic example of bad money forcing out good. Now, another point I want to make is that there was one asset class that did go up yesterday. And do you know what it was? The U.S. dollar. And you may be scratching your head saying, well, wait a minute. If U.S. debt was downgraded, then how could the dollar go up? Well, again, that's just the way the system works. Everything is based on debt. And so to the extent that people are concerned about U.S. debt, that means that the government has to raise its interest rates to attract more investors. And when you raise the payout of anything, what happens? More people want to invest in it. So when the yields go up, the value of the dollar goes up as well. It sounds counterintuitive until you really think about it. So that's what I encourage you to do. Think about it long and hard and come to your own conclusions. Okay, hey, and speaking of conclusions, before we conclude, just a couple housekeeping notes. I mentioned recently that some of the older versions of the Wellsteading podcast that are archived over at wellsteading.com were not working. Well, we've got that figured out. There were some broken links. It affected the first 70 episodes, and that would include the original 10 wealth building series. So those are all up and running. If you can't access them, let me know and we'll look into it. But from what I can tell, everything's working just fine. Everything that's been recorded for now nearly 10 years is archived over at wellsteading.com. You can use the search tab to find old episodes. There's a link that will take you to the original 10 wealth building episodes if you want to hear those. Uh, you should know, though, that that link will list the episodes in reverse order, so it'll take you to number 10 first. And then from there, you can use the menu tab to go to the previous podcast. Something else there to remember, too, is that the audio player doesn't automatically come up in that situation. You actually have to click the title link of that episode to bring up the audio player. So it's a little complicated, but hey, what do you want for free? Uh, one thing to always remember, though, is that the link for every episode is tied to the episode number. So if you wanted to listen to today's episode, you could put into your browser www.wellsteading.com slash and then the number 422. That's today's episode number. And if you wanted to listen to the previous episode, you could put in you know, wellsteading.com slash 421. If you wanted to listen to the eighth wealth building principle, which was episode number eight, then you'd simply put in wellsteading.com slash eight. Okay, see how that works? Clear as mud. All right, and then one final thing before we end today's episode, and that's a lot of you are asking if there's going to be any kind of a wealth setting meetup before the end of the year. The answer is, well, maybe. Um, I do have a couple road trips coming up between now and the end of the year. One of them in particular, and possibly two, will be a road trip that'll take me along that long, lonely stretch of Interstate 80 between Cheyenne, Wyoming, and St. Louis, Missouri. Now, if you live in that area and you'd like to get together and meet me and maybe a couple other Wellsteading listeners, let me know which one of those major cities along Interstate 80 on that corridor where you live and where you'd be interested in attending a meetup. And if I hear from enough people and it looks like it's something we can put together, well, then I'll try and do that. 
Now, I will warn you, because of my travel schedule and my speaking events, which generally occur over the weekend, any type of a meetup like this would probably occur on a Monday through Thursday, and it would probably be you know late afternoon, early evening that would meet. By the way, for all you guys that live on the coast and you don't think there's anything in the Midwest or in flyover country, well, I will remind you that of the 12 Federal Reserve banks, two of them are located in the state of Missouri. And so, hey, wouldn't it be fun to have a well-steading meetup at either the St. Louis or the Kansas City Fed? I'm sure they'd welcome us with open arms. Hey, in any case, until next time, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.